0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are
1: advised that any view expressed by the host or their guests are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc.
0: It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. And um, as a New Yorker who was living in Manhattan during 9-11, I'd like to start my show off today by saying God bless our truth for all they've done for our country. What a week we had, and we are so, so proud of them. So, okay, um, let's also start with the business tip of the week. So I was reading an amazing business article. It was all about setting goals. And um, I thought it was great. I actually put on three little um, Post-It notes, three words. The first Post-It note has the word plan on it. The second Post-It note has the word focus. And the third Post-It note has the word do. So the idea here is let's get our goals actually written down and let's plan, focus, and do. So that's the business tip of the week for today. Okay, so I'm, I can't wait to introduce my guest today. When I choose my guest, I want everybody to know I try to get different professionals who have different expertise in all different areas. And the reason why I had chosen Diana Meyer is because she is a marketing research specialist. And I thought that, you know, we've touched a lot on social media in the past. Next week, I have an amazing guest who is going to do um, focus on sales. He's actually a sales broker, and he'll give us all insights on what buyers want from from us, the manufacturers, those who have products. And today, I can't wait to hear what Diana has to teach us about learning about our market and um, lots of things, like if if you want to know what your customers are saying about you or what they think about your products and services, Diana's going to teach us a lot. So she has over 20 years of marketing experience in market evaluations, local economic conditions, and market research. She also has a B.A. in psychology from the University of California, as well as an MBA from the School of Business at Washington University. So that's just a quick little introduction, and um, I'd love to welcome Diana Meyer to paying It forward this, this morning. How are you, Diana?
1: Oh, very fine. Thank you, Josephine, and thank you so much for having me on the show.
2: Well, you're very special. My, my California guests are... Extra, extra special, because I know you must have gotten up at the crack of dawn to do this for us, and we greatly appreciate it.
1: Oh, not a problem, and that's probably my MO for every day, getting up at the crack of dawn.
2: (laughs) Okay, so that's great. So, Diana, tell us a little bit about your background. Going back, like, from childhood and going through school, I'd love to know all about, a little bit about you so we can figure out, what one that you really were a born entrepreneur.
1: Okay, certainly. Well, let's, be, let's see. Going back to my childhood, um, I am a native Californian, one of the, the few out here probably. Um, however, I did live uh, for quite a number of years in Mexico, and actually Spanish was my first language. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, when uh, my family uh, came back to the United States, um, I was in elementary school, and since elementary school, I was really active in Girl Scouts. And that's probably where I started to develop a lot of the leadership skills, uh, some of my entrepreneurial spirit uh, in doing things and planning events. Um, From then, I was very active. Diana, I
2: just want to throw in there that I'm so glad you brought up that because it's so important. I'm actually a leader for um, 15 Little Tiger Cubs. Um, Oh, that's great. Yeah it's it's amazing because I get so much out of it but I think scouting is just so important for young children and I am so happy that you brought up the fact that you feel that that was a start of your leadership abilities and it's just so important to 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 look into things that really create the foundation for our children and I think scouting is one of them so thanks for bringing that up that's great oh.
1: No problem, absolutely, and, and you know, especially with Girl Scouts, a lot of people think it's all about the cookies, but it's not about the cookies. Sure, uh-huh. it's about the selling, but it's about all the leadership skills that the girls will then use later on in life, and same as in Boy Scouts. Um, so anyway, so after that, um, while in high school, um, I was very involved in different uh, clubs and organizations, um, and I went on to college, um, went to UCLA, received my degree from UCLA in psychology. and then it was really there that I started internships with um, corporations in the aerospace industry and working on um, organizational behavior research, uh, internal customer satisfaction studies. And that kind of got the bug in me about research, and I really enjoyed that a lot. So when I went to business school, um, I'm great with numbers, and, and I'm probably a, a number nerd, Um so I took a lot of accounting classes and also the marketing and the research classes and really liked the marriage of those two sides, um, some of the more analytical um, as well as the creative and developing uh, surveys. Okay. Then uh, from there went on into corporate America and like many of us have gone through a number of mergers and acquisitions within our companies. and. Mm-hmm. Really felt there was something missing. I love what I do. I love the research. And I thought, okay, you know, next time I think I'm going to be on the other side of the mergers and acquisition. And I had this idea that I would do what I specialize in for lots of other companies and do it on my terms come in and partner with them instead of being an employee, but being a consultant to them. And that's kind of, that got me thinking in the late 90s, and then in 2000, I started my business, a marketing research consulting business.
2: Wow. Diana, that is truly inspirational. I think you are just brilliant. I love the fact when I was reading through your bio and on your website, it sounds like you really are a developer, and the fact that you were able to develop this whole entire strategic plan on how you could move from the corporate world into becoming a true entrepreneur I think is brilliant and it, it just sounds like you've done an amazing job at that so um, okay, so now you've been in business for how long?
1: Uh, this is my eleventh year, so I've seen wow. some of the ups and downs in the economy.
2: Yeah, I could imagine, but it must be so rewarding for you, Diana, to help so many corporations. And you're doing oh, it.
1: It is. On- it is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, what I love the most about it is being able to get into different industries. And it's not, you know, when you work for a company, you're in one industry and you're doing everything for that one particular industry. And a lot of the skill sets that we have, they're easily transferable to many other industries. And so that's what I love doing is bringing a different perspective, uh, bringing a research perspective from someone on the outside into the industry, learning all about that industry, what makes it um, work the way it does, um, and what some of the challenges are, and then working through them and perhaps borrowing best practices from other companies and other industries.
2: Oh, my gosh. You are a wealth of information, and it just must be so fun for you because it seems like every day creates a challenge for you. And It does. With- Extremely smart, intelligent people like yourself, I think you need that challenge. And because it's such a sense of accomplishment when you're able to really, um, like you said, take the knowledge and information you've gained from your prior projects and apply it to a whole new industry. So Absolutely. I, think, I think it's really great. But, Diana, just for my listeners, can you explain a little more about the services that you provide?
1: Oh, certainly. Well, one of the main things that we focus on are customer satisfaction studies. So you've all bought things from different stores, and at times you might have received a survey either electronically or perhaps something in the mail or when you take – I know uh, the dealership that I take my cars in for servicing, they'll usually follow up with a phone call a few days later and wanting to know how is a service – did we provide you with everything that you needed, and were you satisfied? Well, I do that, but I'm on a much larger scale um, for many of my clients. I'll also help small businesses develop some of those initial Survey questions so that they can ask their customers when they're either in their storefront uh, making purchases, or follow up with them on the phone afterwards. With um, can you tell us about the service where you had satisfied? What could we do differently? So that's one. You brought
2: up it. a really important point, Diane, and I remember this from my marketing classes that the, the results of the survey are only as good as the questions asked. And absolutely I think it's so so important that you're there from the very beginning that i personally think creating that survey the all your questions are the most important part of the survey
1: oh absolutely because you definitely don't want to lead people into a certain answer and you want to get an accurate reading of how they're really feeling
2: yeah so okay so that sounds great. So what other services I know you have a whole list of services here.
1: The other thing that we do is a lot of needs assessment studies. So whether it's for hospitals, healthcare organizations, um, or financial institutions, really what do your customers want? What are they getting from other competitors that you're not providing them and why?
2: Okay. Wow, that sounds great. So, okay, so that sounds like one of the projects. But um, as far as the customer research goes, so your services are divided into, let's say, you have three different, three different ser- um, services, correct? The customer research, on-demand research, and economic research, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
2: Okay, great. So, Diana, let's talk about the customer research a little more. Okay. Because this probably applies right to me as far as my Glubby's product goes. So we are. Okay. We'll be right back, everyone.
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi. Right after these on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pidrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Pinrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, ShannonPenrod.com. From there you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central. On toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here. as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Doginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's
2: Josephine here, and I'm so happy that I have Diana Meyer from Meyer Marketing Intelligence with us today. And we're talking all about marketing. Diana is... um a marketing specialist here. We were just talking about the services that her company provides, and her services are divided into three segments, the first being customer research, the second on-demand research, and the third being economic research. So, Diana, before break, we were just starting to talk about customer research. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Excuse me.
1: Oh, well, the customer research, besides customer satisfaction research is getting more information on your products and services through the eyes of your customer. So your customer really is the one who can provide you the best information on what they think about the products or services that you're selling, as well as possibly identify some opportunities for either enhancements or add-on services or products that you can begin to develop for them.
2: Oh, well, you know what, Diana, now that you said that, it brings to mind a friend of mine who came up with a product and um she went to a trade show, and lots of moms came up with her, and all of a sudden the original purpose of her product was completely changed just right. from, the, from these other moms. And I'll tell you, it's one of her best-selling items that happened by accident. I don't Absolutely. know if it really happened by accident because, you know, she was doing her market research in a roundabout way. Sometimes we're probably doing market research without even realizing it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for someone who's starting out and who has an idea for a new product, it doesn't have to be expensive on doing the marketing research. And I'll give you an example. Years ago, I helped a startup company, and they wanted to um, get feedback on their new technology for paintings and home decor items. And so what we did was we held a wine and cheese party, at someone's home and we conducted a little discussion. We talked about this product and then got everyone's feedback on what they thought about this product and um, what the price point they might be comfortable with, um, whether Mm -hmm. they would purchase it, what they thought people would think if they come into their home and and see this product on display. So it could be as simple as getting some neighbors, some friends together, um, and and starting to talk to them and show them your product and see what they think. And then you can take it to the next level.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great idea, especially the moms out there with baby products. I think going to those mommy and me groups, even at the church or – you know, at the little gym or, you know, any local mommy and me group, I'm sure you can get tons of feedback because, you know, just taking my kids to nursery school when I came up with my Glovies product, I mean, I was surrounded literally by, you know, hundreds of moms who were right in my target market. So the feedback is important, but of course you have to create the environment and the opportunity. And I love the idea of a wine and cheese gathering or, you know, just some impromptu discussion, you know, for your children to be, you know, pick them up from nursery school. Oh, absolutely.
1: And, you know, another idea, um, excuse me, even for um, an entrepreneur with a product for children or for babies is get a play group together and have the kids start to try it out and see what they think.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I love that, Diana. That's great. So, um, all right, so that we do for customer research. And you know what's so good about doing the play group is that as entrepreneurs, a lot of times you don't really have too much money to invest in market research, but there, you know, it really doesn't cost money. So right. It's just a matter of being a little creative at times.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And really, when you think about it, um, when you're out and about and whenever, um, whether you're in the grocery store or at a doctor's appointment, have your product with you all the time and be able to take it out of your bag, take it out of your purse or wherever you have it and show people, ask people what they think. Yeah, you know, it, you're it just so hurt. right about
2: it... that. I have to tell you, Diana, there were a few times that I was caught off guard without my gloves in my bag. And boy, oh boy, I, I, every time I stand my feet and say, ah, how could I have done that? And I just remember not too long ago, I was in the pizzeria, and this mom had her three kids, and there she was wiping down the table in the pizzeria, wiping down the chairs. You know, she had her little kids, and... For good reason, because her little son was like practically licking the table. You know, but he was—I don't think he was more than you know nine months old you know, sitting up in the chair. But she was definitely a germaphobe, and I, she saw me looking at her, and then when I was leaving, I had said to her, I said, I have to go to my car, and I have to give you my product. And I gave it to her, and she started laughing. She said, this is great. I'm going to start using them immediately. <laughs> said, um, but you're so right. Always have them on hand, and, of course, for your business card. Absolutely. So, so as I'm reading this Um, I have a question. So, Diana, as far as sampling sizes go, like, Mm -hmm. what is a good number? Like, how do you come up with that right balance of too little or too much?
1: Well, it really depends on the type of research that you're doing. If you're going to do a discussion group, a focus group, or some kind of roundtable discussion, you want to be able to have – I'd say probably somewhere between 20 and 30 people. However, I'll caution you that the information that you'll get will be directional. It'll give you an idea of where people are headed and kind of what they're thinking. If you're going to be doing a much larger survey, um, an electronic survey or a telephone survey with a much larger Population. So, for instance, if, um, if somebody is going to do a survey on um, a, a product that's sold nationwide or regionally, then your sample size is going to be a lot, a lot larger, probably around the 400 range, something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so really, but for what we're talking about for entrepreneurs with products they're developing, even um, for something like Glovies, um, we'd be okay with a smaller sample size um, for starters to get the idea. Then once the product's penetration is really, really large, then we'll um, we'll consider expanding that sample size in additional research.
2: Okay. I think that that sounds great. And I guess the additional research comes on whether you want to do some improvements based on the findings.
1: Sure. Sure. Or even a a marketing campaign. You know, a lot of times uh, companies will test out their ad copy or the graphics that they're going to use in an ad campaign with some customers and potential customers to get an impression from them on what they feel about it and what kind of images conjure up in their mind of that company. Um, and, and that way they're able to better tweak their marketing message.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea, even because it would improve your brand.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you, you know, have... it, it, there's a saying that perception is reality and really what your customers perceive of you – That's what's really the case.
2: Yeah, it's so funny because even with my gloves, I specifically have in my mind that the reason why I came up with my product was specifically for potty training toddlers and going into a public restroom because when you put the gloves on, these little toddlers, they walk into a restroom, all of the stress from the caregiver, the mom, the dad, whoever's taking that toddler into that restroom goes away. And I know that there's so many people out there that get it once the child wears it. But the idea about – where was I going with that? (laughs) (laughs) I was saying all of that for a reason. But um, we were talking about the customer research. You're talking about branding. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the fact is just the more people know about your product and the the more – satisfied they are, the better it is for your brand. How's that?
1: Oh, absolutely, definitely. And, you know, one way in which you can get people to start talking about it, about your product or your services, is start doing some of these informal research. Um, Because what will happen afterwards is they're going to go back and and those folks that participate, they're going to start talking to their friends and people that they know and start talking about your product. And what a neat experience they had, and they were able to give the owner of the company or somebody within the organization feedback on what they thought of the product.
2: Yeah, I think that's so great. And you know what? Even talking about all the questionnaires and everything, as a business owner, once the information is given to you, once it's analyzed and you actually have your findings, I think that one of the best things a business owner can do is actually send out emails or contact those people who filled out that questionnaire in one way or another, whether it's a quick phone call or a quick email, and I think that gives a lasting impression. Just a quick thank you for taking the time to fill out the questionnaire. I just have, I'd like to, you know, ask you a little bit about your response to question number four. I think people just respect that so much, and I think they would become loyal customers because of that
1: yes um, if they would oftentimes though you don't you're not sure of everyone who responded to that survey, so what I would suggest in those instances is to everyone, to your entire customer base, whoever you sent the survey to, um, to send uh, just a blanket, a general thank you. Um, We appreciate your uh, responses. And this is what we learned, and this is what we're going to do next. So watch for these new products or services.
2: Oh, great. Well, all right. So we touched on customer research. We're coming up on a break. When we come back, um, I'd love to talk just a little bit about your on-demand research that you provide for clients. Okay. Because I think that um, there's a lot that you can offer, especially entrepreneurs out there. So um, we'll be talking about on-demand research very shortly. So here we are on our break. We'll be back quickly.
0: be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invites you to call in and make contact with the world beyond, and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi Wednesdays at 2 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect connect with what lies beneath those truths and answers and through her counseling practice she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams and she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage Connect with Juliana in As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Welcome back,
2: everyone. So, I wasn't really going to share this with my listeners, but you know what? I think you need to know what's going on today. So. Last night, um, just a couple of days ago, I think it was really just on Monday, my daughter, my four-year-old who's in nursery school, had come home and she was all excited that she had a note to give to me, and um, her school is having a Mother's Day tea party for the mom. So she's all excited. She goes, Mom, this is going to be great. I've been making something very special for you. I'm like, okay, great. I get the note, I look at the note and I said, Oh no, this cannot be true. So of course everything that has anything to do with my children and their schools always happen Wednesday from ten to (laughs) eleven. So now I am Diana, this is like a true story. So I kept saying to my daughter, oh, it'll be fine. Mommy will just be there a little late, even though it takes me 20 minutes from my house to get to her nursery school. So all day yesterday, I was like, oh, Nicoletta, everything's fine. Don't worry. Mommy will be there just a little late. And she turned to me and she goes, mom, I want my real mom at the tea party and I don't want her to be late. So with that in mind, I cannot even believe what I did. So I drove her to school. I sat in the parking lot. It's raining. So that tapping noise that you might hear in the background is rain hitting my car. And I am ducking down so the other moms don't see me so they don't interrupt the radio show. So that is an example of a true mom entrepreneur trying to juggle it all. But I didn't want to let down my listeners and do a rerun, and I sure did not want to let down Diana, who was getting up at the crack of dawn. So if I sounded just a little distracted, I needed to let everybody know exactly the scenario that was happening here. all right. Well,
1: Josephine, I actually I have to applaud you for that, um, for verbalizing what's going on. And I know uh, many of us have been in similar situations, and it definitely it, it's a constant struggle of uh, figuring out a, how to balance uh, being an entrepreneur, having your business, your business obligations, and raising your family.
2: Yeah, you're so right, Diana, but I'm sitting here laughing because I have to see these moms in a few minutes, and I know they're going to wonder why my car is so steamy and all the (laughs) windows are fogged up here. So um, it'll be a good conversation when I get in here. So, All right, so we're halfway through our show, and we've got lots to talk about. So, Diana, I love the idea that you provide, as part of your service, an on-demand research because... I am thinking about attending another trade show, and it is going to be so overwhelming. You know, I don't have a huge staff, so I do a lot of stuff on my own, and quite frankly, research can be time-consuming. Yeah. And I'll be meeting so many new potential clients that um, I just think something like, you know, your service, your company can provide so many entrepreneurs' help, in regard to, you know, research, especially for trade shows. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: think of the on-demand research as your research department uh, that's not based within your company. So, it, let me give you an example. You have a question. You're going to a trade show, and maybe your question is. Um, Who would be my top ten targets of attendees at that show that I need to go see? And that would be a question um, to pose to someone like me. And what we would do is come back with a list of those top ten targets for you and tell you why and maybe what's special and why they would be interested in your product and how to make the best use or how to best sell promote your product
2: to them oh it sounds like a focused strategic plan here (laughs) and (laughs) so important because you spend thousands of dollars attending these shows and you might as well get the most out of it and absolutely I, i love the feeling of having a research department covering your back and just really helping move the process along which is great
1: Right, right. And where this uh, concept actually got started um, years ago, when I was working for a major financial institution, we would do these on demand marketing plans. So it would be something that could sit on the shelf in a notebook, and if they needed, let's say, a flyer for a certain event, they can pull it out of the book, and off they run with it. Um, So then when I started the business, I thought, well, how about an on-demand research? So somebody will call in. They have a specific question that they need, um, let's say, answered within the next couple of days, Um, they would call that question in or email it in, we turn around, do the research, and provide it back to them with what do you do with the information, because the other part that's very important to me in any research is not just providing the information, but what next, you know, why do you need this, why is it important, and how can you use it?
2: Yeah, applying the findings is so, so important. Yes. Okay. All right. So that sounds great. Now, tell us about the economic research.
1: Well, the economic research be anything from looking at unemployment rates, maybe different uh, employment sectors that are growing, what <clears throat> some of the trends might be in different industries, uh, and and what the future might look like in the next year or so within a particular area. We do uh, economic snapshots for a few different areas, and so. We'll look at things like the housing market, unemployment rates um, uh, stock prices of companies, um, the vacancy rates to get a general feel for what's going on in the community are things getting better um, what the the trend has been over the past year or so
2: wow that that sounds really, really informative and so useful in bringing a company to the next level. I mean, it really could if somebody were to sit down and focus. Do you have meetings? Is that how it works, Diana? So you come up with your research, then you sit down with the customer, you go through the whole thing?
1: um oftentimes we'll do face to face meetings um we'll do uh conference calls uh to go over the information um we'll do presentations in any of the research um and again I can't stress this enough is really knowing what to do with the data cuz you know there is a lot of data that's out there and unless you know what to do with it and unless you know how it affects your business and your product it you might as well not even look at the information uh, because you'd be wasting your time. So really what I try to do is provide my clients with uh, recommendations for the next step. What does it mean now that you have this information, this knowledge, and how can you best use it for your business?
2: Yeah, I love that idea that you just kind of guide them along the way, especially because you've done it so many times for other people. You know, for other companies that you're probably, you know, suited to guide them, you know, toward toward something that maybe they weren't even thinking about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: You know? So, all right. So, I think we've covered everything. Diana, can you tell my listeners how they can reach you if they have any questions or if maybe they want to utilize your services?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I'll give you my email address. Um, That's probably one of the easiest ways for everyone around, and that's d Meyer. so it's a letter D-M-E-Y-E-R at M-E-Y-E-R-M-K-T-G, as in marketing, dot com.
2: Okay, perfect. Okay. So, Diana, now let's get down to business and talk about business tests. Okay. I that you have, we came up with five of them, or I should say you came up with five, incredible <laughs> and I am dying to talk about QR codes with you, and okay, um, you had sent an amazing, um, was it a blog? Diana, do you have a blog?
1: I do have a blog, but actually the first place that I wrote about it was in an e-newsletter, and then I blogged about it also.
2: Because somehow I ended up getting a copy of that e-newsletter. I thought it was amazing. Can our listeners sign up for that newsletter?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. And you know what? The best place um, it, it would probably be on my Facebook page. Uh, okay. There is a sign-up page there, and it's um, Facebook.com forward slash Meyer MKTG.
2: Okay, perfect, because I have to tell everybody that the reason why I got in touch with Diana was because I was completely blown away by by that article. It was so succinct. You gave step-by-step how to do a QR code and how to get it, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, Diana, are you okay talking about that? Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. In fact, I've given a couple of presentations on QR codes, and it has really spurred a lot of interest in entrepreneurs. Okay.
2: Great. Okay, so we have two minutes to break, but let's talk about QR codes, and then we'll go into our business. Okay. okay. So tell us. I know nothing about QR codes. <laughs> i well, educate well, th- Okay, very basic. A QR code is
1: a two-dimensional barcode. So everyone's familiar with UPC codes at the stores, um, yeah. where you can the uh, merchant will scan it and all this information pops up about it. We'll take that concept for your business and you can create a square two-dimensional barcode for your business that will link your customers back to your website. It could link them back to your contact information. Um, it could link them to a video on about your product or product demonstration.
2: Okay. And
1: it's a way to get you into mobile marketing.
2: Wow. This is amazing. And I'll tell you, um, Mary, or Mari, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, Smith, she's uh-huh. a social media speaker and trainer, and she also sent something out, Diana, that she had – Her new business cards now have her QR code. It just, it's amazing what technology really is doing for us. Because here, if, you know, I go to this trade show, I don't have to, even the business cards, they could just scan my, my code, correct? And they'll have a business card right on their iPhone.
1: Yes, yes. And in fact, a lot of trade shows, um, they're, doing that, putting that onto your badge so there's a barcode on your name tag where they just scan that and have your information.
2: Oh, wow. We are really moving forward as far as technology goes. But, okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back with our last segment of Paying It Forward, and I can't wait to hear more tips from Diana Meyer. Thanks, everyone. (music)
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi right after these on toginet.com. LinkedIn. It's a great tool, and Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you And your business, how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and, of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, linkedinlady.com. Join us, won't you? Every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney, Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Doginet.com. Well, welcome
2: back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we're on our last segment of Paying It Forward. And um, so we we have Diana Meyer on the phone, and not on the phone <laughs> on the air, I guess. <laughs> I'm on the phone, on the cell phone, in the rain. Um, But, Diana, so tell me. um, We were just talking about QR codes, and during the break, we were just discussing how important and beneficial they really can be. And I was just saying that I had recently gone to a luncheon. Well, it was back in December. It's almost six months ago. And I have to tell you, there were over 250 people at this luncheon, and there was like a bottleneck. Of everybody trying to sign in. And I have to tell you, it just caused, it caused a lot of confusion where in my mind I was saying, if I do, if I ever do a conference again, because I used to do them many years ago, and Diana, you'll appreciate this, it was in the aerospace and defense industry. Okay. And um, I used to do conferences, and um, if I ever were to do another conference, I would make sure that that never happened. And now that we're talking about QR codes and you're telling us how you can actually put them on your name tag, it just makes sense. Imagine how quickly people can come and just sign in for the luncheon.
1: Yep. Absolutely. You know, the organizer of the luncheon could have easily put that on the name badges, um, some kind of barcode, whether it was a QR code or a different kind of a code, because there's a lot of different uh, two-dimensional barcodes that are out there. And then just have a reader and scan everyone's name badge, and their contact information will go immediately into a database Um, And, and in fact, you'll start to see a lot of trade shows, large trade shows, are doing that now. So instead of having to sign up at the booth uh, that you visited, they'll just scan your badge.
2: Yeah, I I think it's great. So, okay, Diana, so that's the business tip we're paying for. And I am going to let my listeners know that I am in the back of my head thinking about having an incredible entrepreneurial conference. But we'll talk more about that. (laughs) Yeah, I love doing conferences. It's such a challenge for me. And I love the whole concept of paying knowledge forward. And I just want to be able to help as many business owners out there. So um, that's in the works. But we'll talk more about that in the future. So now, Diana, let's talk about the wonderful business tips that you came up with. Your first business tip, I love this, regardless of the business you are in, You are also in sales. Okay, go ahead. Tell us about that, Diana. Well, absolutely. You
1: know, I'm a consultant, and there's a lot of consultants that think of themselves as a technical professional, and that's all that they do. But when you think about it, you have to be in sales if you're an entrepreneur in order to get the business. So what that means is no matter where you're at, um, if you're at the grocery store, If you're at an amusement park with your family, you're always there being the face of your company and selling yourself. So what I like to do, and a few years ago we did a family trip to Orlando, and we did all the theme parks. And I'm standing in line waiting for all the rides with my kids, and I start talking to people in line in front of me and behind me and start talking about, oh, where are you from, what do you do, Uh, things like that. And that's another way of always selling yourself because you are the face of your company.
2: Yeah, I think you're so right. And the idea of being shy has to go right out the window. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The more you can talk to people and the more you let word out about your product or what you're doing, you never know. You never know. You know, what's funny, Diana, I was having this whole entire conversation with somebody from Twitter, and next thing, like, I didn't know her from a hole in the wall, but we just started having this whole conversation back and forth over two or three days. Next thing you know, she tells me she's like the assistant buyer of a huge baby retail store. Wow. And I never would have done that if I didn't start up this conversation with her. Right, So I, I love that idea. I think you're so right, and it's all about sales. Okay, number two, this is so important. People do business with people. Tell us about that.
1: Okay, well, when you think about it, yes, you do business with a company, but the reason you went to that company was because of an individual. You either had a relationship with someone, you developed Um, A relationship with someone you you saw something that they did or you heard something that they said and that got you talking to that individual so whether um, you're selling a product whether you're selling a service you're going to do business with people that you like people who both compliment you and also are those who are similar to you and maybe have some of the similar viewpoints. So remember, there is a human side to business. And whether you use that in face-to-face um, uh, meetings or even on social media, it's all about building the relationship. Um, and just remember that there is a face, there is a person behind that business.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it, it's just so important to to get a rapport going. And sometimes when you bring in your personal side and your personal life, you might find a connection with a really important person. You yeah. know, uh, everybody knows I, I'm working with a big baby retailer that I am hoping, I've got my fingers crossed, they're going to test market um, gloves. And, um, you know, I was talking to the buyer. She's a young Girl, she's got a child almost the same age as my daughter, and I have to tell you, I never had this with my boys, but my daughter brings me to my knees almost every single day. (laughs) does not want to wear the fancy little clothes that I got for her this morning. Diana, this is, like, real. She didn't like the Ralph Lauren sweater that I had for her because it had the horse on it. And I had to make up this entire story how it's a very special horse, and that horse is famous because that horse has a dressing room, and that horse wears a lipstick. And I, I think <laughs> the amount of stress just to get my daughter dressed. So she wore this sweater, but I tell you all of this because the whole concept uh, of getting my daughter dressed, this buyer was going through the exact same thing. And I just kind of feel like we made a connection because we could both relate because we were both going through the same thing every single day. So right. I do think it's so important to try to be, um, to bring your personal life in sometimes. I mean, I try not to bring too much in. You, you have to know the limit. There's a fine line there.
1: But, right, definitely.
2: But make yourself a real person. I think that's important. Okay, let's move on to number three. Be persistent and freely give information. This is so important because, Diana, this is how I got to you. Just from that edible QR code um, letter that you had shared with us.
1: Yes, you know, and it's so true because there are so many people who are afraid to share their knowledge with others. Um, they think that they're going to lose business or they're going to lose out to the competition. But really, when you think about it, the more you give of yourself with knowledge, um, even if it's little tidbits here and there, that's how others get to know you and know what what you know and what you're capable of finding out. Um, It also makes the other person feel really special, especially if they get something that's unexpected. And I'll give you an example. There's a client I have who, it took me several years to land as a client, and I did it through frequent interaction at events. And sending an email every once in a while with an article I saw that I thought would be of interest to her and her business. And that got the relationship going. I was persistent and eventually got the business.
2: Oh, that's so important. And I think you're so right. Not But once again, Diana, it's also a fine line where you don't want to be a pest, you don't want to do too much, but you want to do just the right amount so that people know your name and they know what you have to offer. And I think that's so important. So, all right, before we go to our last two tips, Diana, tell us about your blog. Can the listeners go to your blog? Oh, I yes. think are so smart. I love being around really smart, intelligent people, Diana. I love what you write. I think it's amazing. And I think that it is well worth my listeners' time to go and read your blog and to read your newsletter. So tell us about your blog and where is it?
1: Okay. The blog can be found at Meyer, dot WordPress, dot com. And it's a weekly blog. Um, I uh, write about different topics that um, are important either for that particular week or provide additional education. So, for instance, a lot of April was centered around customer service. In April, we had um, National Volunteer Appreciation Week. And it, I tied that back to customer service and some tips on what businesses can do to develop a high level of customer service.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm telling you, your blog is amazing. I love it, and I think the listeners should really go and read it. Okay, let's quickly go to number four. Number four is do your research before meeting with a prospective client. I think that's great, and if you don't have time to do it, you can always call Diana Maya. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
2: Because she can help with that. Make sure you know about their company, products or services, and competitors. Super important. Okay, Diana, let's go to number five, and this is so important. Make sure you are always learning something new. Stay abreast of new technology and how it affects your industry, and that's where the QR codes come in, you know. It's, right, to. Right. You want to look like you're ahead of the game here. Make sure Absolutely. you know how to use social social network, you know, which is so, so important. I mean, I am trying so hard to get my Twitter account up, so if anybody wants to follow me, I'm Glovies on Twitter. <laughs> and um, so that's important. But So tell us a little more about that, Diana. I think we have a few seconds here.
1: Okay. Well, really, um, you don't want your your. to get stale and whether you've been out of school for five years, 20 years, 30 years, you always want to make sure that you're on top of some of the latest developments either in your industry or technology because that's what your customers, your clients, are going to be in tune to and it also gives you some great things to talk about uh, if you're socializing or networking at different events.
2: I think you're so right. Well, Diana, what a pleasure to have you on Paying It Forward today. We, I learned so much. I think you're amazing, and I want to thank you very, very much. From the oh, bottom thank of you the so heart much. Absolutely. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you next week on Paying It Forward.
0: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward. With Josephine Gerasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week, we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons,